0: Good morning, good morning, welcome everybody, welcome and congratulations for setting your clock forward an hour, you remembered, you're here, there will be about 10 people who stroll in right before church ends, and they'll be ready for church at that point, which will we'll direct them to the evening worship service, but it's so good to see everybody this morning, welcome to Germantown Presbyterian Church on this beautiful spring morning. Welcome one and all, if you're worshiping here in, uh, in the AC, the New Sanctuary Annex with us and welcome to GPC if you're worshiping with us online. We're delighted for everybody who could be here with us virtually or in person, welcome one and all this morning. If you are worshiping with us online, I do invite you to go to the church website and to download the bulletin. You'll find the bulletin there on the website page for the resources tab for this worship service. And you can find um, all the events, all all the elements of worship that will be outlined there. And then as you go through the worship service, you can proceed and move forward with all of us as we worship God this morning. So welcome, one and all. Please do download download the bulletin for this morning's service. And if you're worshiping with us online, please sign the online friendship pad. There's another tab on the church website where you can uh, click on that little button and you can sign up. And it's been great to see, again, the names of all those who have uh, been worshiping with us and who have joined us online and to see uh, the, the great numbers there. And so please do sign our online friendship pad, especially if you're a visitor with us. We are delighted that you uh, worship with us. We want you to fill in that pad as well so we can know you as you worship with us uh, here at GPC. Please do sign that. We do have our evening worship service this evening at 6, and so it'll be a little lighter later, and so you can come out and enjoy that contemporary service at 6 p.m. You can join us for that again here in our activity center, or you can join us uh, online and worship with us that way as well. But please do return for worship this evening at 6 o'clock. You've uh, heard this announcement before, before, but let me reiterate uh, how much we love having Easter lilies around the church at Easter time, and so I believe there are some envelopes over on the uh, welcome table here in the AC, but you can also find the online Easter lily order form uh, as well on our website, and so we hope that everybody will uh, make a contribution. You can give a lily in honor of or in memory of someone this Easter season, and that will help us as we come to worship God together. Um, So those are all of our announcements this morning. Thank you for worshiping with us. And let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship God.
1: This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please join me in our responsive call to worship by rising in body or spirit. Give thanks to the Lord who is good and whose steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those redeemed from the hand of the foe. May those that God has gathered from the lands, from east and west, from north and south, testify to the goodness of the Lord. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away, and God saved them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. The Lord turned the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into flowing springs let us worship God our God is gracious and merciful through sin we have fallen short of God's expectation for us let us confess our sin together let us pray Lord have mercy upon us we humbly pray we need your forgiveness daily just as we need food and water your grace nourishes our souls and it fuels us to living well and rightly. We, however, cannot help but denigrate your grace through our sin. For this and for our sin, we are sorry. We reprint and pray for mercy in the name of our Lord, who embodied your love. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. God has mercy on us through Jesus Christ. Through Christ's obedience and death, we have forgiveness. Through his resurrection, we have new life before God, amen. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you
2: you.
1: as our children come forward I remind you to please remember everyone in our church today pray for them extend your love to our family please call your friends in Christ and check on them and their well-being
0: Morning. Look, I tell you what. Come, you want to sit right here, face out this way. Sit right there. Okay. Well, I will just do it right here. How's this? Okay. Very nice. Good morning. It's great to see both of you this morning. Thanks for being here on a beautiful morning. And I want to share something very special with you. Um, I want you to point this morning and tell me, tell me what your favorite color flower is this morning. Do you see these flowers right here? What's your favorite color in there? Yellow. 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 What's your favorite color? You see the orange in there? Isn't that beautiful? we got yellow and orange and green. They're absolutely amazing this morning. Well, I brought some very special flowers with me this morning, and these are some of my favorites because at this time of year... We have these daffodils bloom, and these are some of the earliest blooming flowers that we have every spring, and so I want to ask, let's look and see out here. Everybody raise your hand in our congregation this morning if you have daffodils in your yard coming up right now. We've got a few. We've got a few. These are some of the earliest flowers, and I love these, so I want you to look at the colors that are in here right now. I don't know if you can see these colors or not, but you, what, what, do you see yellow? You see yellow in there, and do you see Orange? And do you see this one right here that is, uh, it's kind of white and it's got some pink in it. Do you see that one? Look at how different each of these flowers is. There's one that's solid yellow and the whole thing is yellow and that's all it is. Now this one is yellow on the leaves, but it's got orange in it. That one right there is kind of white and yellow. This one right here is white and pink. The same kind of flower but they're different. Each one is just a tiny little bit different. Now, one of the reasons why these flowers, these daffodils, are my favorites, one of the reasons is that when I was your age, when I was really small, I used to go with my grandmother down to her farm and we would pick daffodils every spring. We would put, bring them back, put them in a vase like this, and they would just make the whole house smell wonderful and look absolutely beautiful. So daffodils are some of my favorite flowers in the world because they they mean a lot to me because of my family and they mean a lot to me because they're so beautiful and they're the first flowers in the in that we have almost every spring. Now they're also special to me because they they remind us of who we are as God's people. They're different kinds, they're different types, they're the same. But they're different colors, and they've got different uh, ways in which they look, and yet they're all the same flower. And that's kind of like all of us as God's children. We may look a little different. We may have some different colors there. We may be a little different, but we're still beautiful, and we're still made in God's image, and God loves each and every one of us. Jesus talks about some of the flowers of the Bible, and he talks about how beautiful they are. But then Jesus also talks about how beautiful and how wonderful we are made in God's image, and so I want us to remember that this morning. Every time you see a beautiful flower, you can see how different they look, and yet you can remember how much God loves each and every flower, but how much God loves each and every one of us, too. All right, let's pray together. You ready? Please say after me, dear God, thank you for spring, and thank you for the flowers. Thank you for making each and every one of us in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Great job this morning. Good to see you. Go give these to your mom and your dad and let them have those beautiful flowers. All right. Let me let's let's do that. There you go. Now, now go give them to your mom and dad. Okay, perfect.
2: my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise.
3: Teach me songs. Let us turn to God in prayer. Spirit of the living God, you've gathered us into this holy space so that we might worship you. Here, let us still our hearts. Let us still our minds. Enter into us, almighty God, and help us to hear your word for us this morning so that we might follow in the ways that you call us to live. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Our first reading from Scripture this morning is from the Psalms. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3, and then 17 through 22. Let us hear God's word to us. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for the Lord is good. The Lord's steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those whom the Lord redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some were sick through their sinful ways and because of their inequities endured affliction. They loathed any kind of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and the Lord saved them from their distress. God sent word to them, healed, and delivered them from destruction. Let them thank God for God's steadfast love, for God's wonderful works to humankind. And let them offer thanksgiving sacrifices and tell of God's deeds with songs of joy.
4: This is my second time wearing a robe. I always think I'm going to trip over my pastor dress every time I get up here. But God is good. The second scripture passage that we are blessed to hear this morning is taken from the book of Ephesians. The second chapter starting with the first verse. So hear these words. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that's now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them, in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses. And we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who's rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And he raised us up with him, and he seated us with him in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, God might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you've been saved through faith. And this isn't your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not the result of works so that no one may boast. For we are what he's made us created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived. Now, I'm not entirely sure, but if I were to wager a guess, I think that would be the absolute worst opening line of a first sermon in a first church ever. When Pastor Will asked me eight or nine weeks ago if I would preach this passage, I said, yeah, absolutely, 100%. And then I cracked open my Bible and read those first three verses, and my heart just sank a little. And I thought to myself, am I being hazed? (laughs) I mean, I've been to college. I can take my licks, but my goodness, that is some strong stuff. It sounds so heavy and so hateful in the beginning. Just like Brother Micah. In college, I uh, lived in Orlando. And went to the University of Central Florida, and the school is designed by the same folks that designed Disney. And so everything is in a circle, and you can get anywhere on campus in 15 minutes by walking. And at the heart of campus is this reflection pond with the, it looked like the presidential palace, but it was where the president and the administration worked. And then on the other side of the pond was the library. And this was the beating heart of campus. And there was a guy named Brother Micah who loved to camp out right in front of the library. He would often wear this big, it looked like a sombrero. I don't know what it was, but it was a big wicker hat, Hawaiian shirts, and flip-flops. And you could always tell when Brother Micah was on campus because you could hear him a mile away. He would beat on his Bible and scream at students and call us heathens and fornicators. If you went to UCF and you got called a heathen and a fornicator, you had made it first through the first semester and you were going to be okay. But that's what he thought evangelism was. That's what he thought the Bible told him. It sounds a lot like the way Paul is talking in the first opening sentences of this passage. It's not exactly the most cheerful message that entices you to stop and to listen, but then you keep hearing. You keep listening, and you realize that's actually not how Paul is trying to come across at all. Actually, quite the opposite. But you got to understand something. Paul, who sounds like this radical street preacher, was actually talking to people that he knew. He was talking to people that he knew and loved, and they were actually going through a really tough time. They had just committed themselves to following Jesus, which at that time was just a fringe Jewish sect. But almost all of the people that Paul was talking to were not Jewish by background. So church felt weird. It felt like it was missing something. It didn't feel like home anymore because home for them was a temple with different gods. Probably some of them lost their jobs because word had gotten out that they had lost their mind when they found another religion definitely a lot of them were feeling distant from family and from friends who just could not understand why they would give their lives to a dead guy named Jesus. Paul's speaking to people who were feeling disoriented and displaced and lonely and confused about where to go from here, and they were still grieving the loss of all of their life before that still was fresh and they felt stuck. To say that we know what it feels like to be disoriented, displaced, lonely, confused about where to go from here, still grieving the bigger things in life, that'd be an understatement. I mean, look at us. We're worshiping in half a gym because an unnatural, natural disaster burst pipes and flooded our sacred spaces that normally feels like home when we're worshiping God together. But setting aside the big obvious events like COVID and politics and burst pipes for a second, we all know what it's like to get so wrapped around the axles of life that we lose sight of what matters. You're burning the candle at both ends at work because you've got a massive deadline. And each day is 24 hours that you've got to blitz through to get the job done, and then you forgot about the anniversary, the birthday, that friend that you were going to call the chicken you were going to pick up for dinner on your way home from work. You're so consumed by the stress of making sure that your kids are growing and still healthy when every part of their life that used to be automatic has now been shifted into manual. And you're tired. And they're still disappointed on a daily basis. You're trying to be a decent person and make friends and it seems like relationships And love and a sense of community is a happiness that's on someone else's plate. And you wonder, when's my time for a little joy and peace? You're one of the lucky ones. You're doing okay. All of your needs are met and then some, but you never want to admit to yourself or definitely to others that you still feel dissatisfied. And the money and the square footage that everybody didn't even have to say would give you contentment, it doesn't. And you wonder, when is this going to change? And we feel stuck. We feel stuck sometimes. So a little over three weeks ago, Pastor Will and I were exchanging a text about meeting up at church to grab a bite to eat somewhere, get to know each other. I just moved into town. I lived in the Midwest, and we had just gotten eight inches of snow. More snow was on the way. Deeper temperatures were about to happen. The pipes were going to start bursting about three to four hours later. But I was feeling pretty confident in Collierville that I could still get to church on time. My Buick was loaded down with 200 pounds of books that nobody cares to buy unless they look like this. I had just moved from Indiana, so I had a little chip on my shoulder about driving in cold weather. Four years before that, I had lived in New Jersey, so I was definitely confident about driving in cold weather with crazy people. We were going to be just fine. So I get to the church and I pull into the back lot off Arthur Road, and the snow was just pristine. It was begging a teenager to do donuts all throughout the parking lot. But like a good pastor, I resisted temptation and kept going to the front of the building off Germantown Road to the Welcome Center to meet up with my new boss. So I pull around, and I get 90% up the hill, and my wheels start spinning. Not the first time. I lived in New Jersey. I lived in Indiana, so I back all the way up, and then some, and I kick it in gear, and I go a little faster this time. Nothing. I get 90% up the way of the hill. Nothing. Nothing. So I back all the way up and decide that I have to go through the deep part of the parking lot. And I was going to go in through the back of the building at the overhang. But as I got to the middle of the parking lot where the snow was at its deepest, and also the ice beneath it was deepest, I got to a spot and I got royally, impressively, in. Embarrassingly stuck. I tried everything in the book for about 15 minutes, and then I resigned myself to leave the car where it was, hope that Will didn't see anything, and figure it out later. And as I was giving up, I looked and saw a muddy truck driving towards me off of Germantown Road. The man who stepped out was about my age. He had a lip full of dip in a nice, thick southern accent. Initially, the two of us looked like pretty different people. But as we got to talking, I learned that this man was driving to take his wife, who was working a 12-hour shift at the hospital on overdrive due to COVID. He was going to take her out to lunch, to a nice surprise lunch. But he told me he normally wouldn't have the time for such a sweet and wonderful thing. But you see, recently he got laid off from his job as a lineman. Now, it wasn't because the economy was bad and there wasn't employment for linemen. In fact, quite the opposite. He and I have the same complexion. But he shared that his wife is of a different complexion. And when his co-workers and his boss found out, they started to make really dehumanizing comments about not just the love of his life, but his children. And he wouldn't stand for it. And so after a while... They came to an impasse, and he paid the price for standing up for the ones that he loves. Here was a guy who was between jobs and married to someone who didn't look like him. Turns out we actually had a lot in common, and it was a beautiful thing. Well, finally, this unsung saint, yanked my holier-than-thou hind end out of the snow and ice. And as we got to the top of the hill, I got out of my car and I said, what what is getting you through this time? And without missing a beat, he said, I've got Jesus. And I know in my heart that I got fired for doing the right thing. So the Lord's going to take care of me and my family. And as he pulled out of the parking lot, I just sat there kind of stunned. It's one of those moments when you know God is talking to you, you just haven't deciphered the message yet. And then I cracked open these words again and discovered that this man is a living, breathing embodiment of what Paul is saying to us this morning. He's saying all of us find ourselves in ruts sometimes, whether caused by circumstances that are totally out of our control or squarely within them. We all get stuck, whether we're doing the right thing we don't know, or maybe we're doing the wrong thing. And if we stay too long in that feeling of disorientation, in dissatisfaction, resigning ourselves to this state of depletion, this is it our hearts begin to grow cold towards the loved ones in our life and the God who gave us life. And we naturally begin to think about backing up and backing away and wondering to ourselves, is it worth it anymore? And then, as chapter 4 says, but God. But God. But Jesus steps in in ways that we cannot predict and brings about for ourselves. And he reminds us that our faith, our life in him is far more durable than the whims of our highs and lows will preach to us. God picks us up and he dusts us off by reminding us of a deeper truth of our life together because of this unique relationship that we have with Jesus that's called a covenant, not a contract or some mutually beneficial agreement. Jesus didn't die for the chance of a maybe that we would be strong enough, have enough willpower to not screw up our part of the bargain. And guess what? It isn't even a bargain. Jesus wasn't hanging on the cross, and he said, all right, now that we're all together... Let's have a vote. Who's with me? No. No. 2,000 years ago, and so it is true today, this is a gift. And it is not up to us to keep the gift in our lap. This covenant, even though we are stuck in a rut somewhere in our lives, it's unbreakable. It's a 100% money-back guarantee promise. And through Jesus, so are all of our relationships that are centered in his love. It wasn't me that pulled myself out of a parking lot. It was someone else through an act of kindness. What Paul talks about, the grace of God. One that's not defined by how strong or successful or powerful or influential or beautiful or smart we are. We think we are. But a life that is defined first and foremost by God's constant loving kindness. You see it every time a stranger tows another stranger out of a parking lot. Every time you say good morning to someone and a smile creases across their face and you know that you've met a sister or a brother for the first time. You can feel it every time you give a healthy, robust tip, and you know that's going to bless someone's life, and they probably need it. You can feel it on a phone call with a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time. Through kindness, the unexpected, unwarranted, undeserved love of God pulls us up out of the stuckness that we always get ourselves into. Because in those moments, we remember that we're not just alone. We're not just citizens of the United States. We're not just people. We are a resurrection people. You don't experience resurrection without going through death disorientation, displacement, loneliness, confusion, that heart-cooling feeling of being distant from the people and the places and the life that makes you feel alive. But hear Paul's words as a note of encouragement. In Christ, all death is redeemed and transformed into a prelude into a birthplace of something new and beautiful. So wherever you feel stuck, know with confidence that there is more going on than meets the eye. For Paul reminds us in another letter that nothing, not COVID, not bursting pipes, not life or death or angels or rulers or things in the past or things in your present. Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.
0: Friends, we are grateful for the faith that has been handed down to us from those who have gone before us. And so now I invite you to stand as together we affirm our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. Please say with me, I believe in God the Father Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried Friends, God invites us to bring before him the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts, the prayers that are on our minds. And so we do so now. We join together and we come before God as we lift up those around us, as we lift up our world in God's care. Let us pray. Holy God, you are the creator and the sustainer. And as we see creation awaken from its winter slumber, O God, we know that we have you to thank. We have you to thank for all of these flowers, for each unique yellow of each daffodil. We have you to thank for these days on which a morning chill gives way to the afternoon's sunshine warmth. Lord, we have you to thank for the small buds on each limb that are just poised to burst out when you allow them to, which we hope will be very soon. Lord, we have you to thank also for the minds and the hearts that have served so well during this pandemic. It seems hard to believe that it was a year ago this Sunday when our lives changed so much, not only as a church, but as a community, as a country, as a world. Lord, we believe that we're now on the verge of its conclusion. We believe that it's close, and so we pray, oh God, that it is. We thank you again for the fortitude of doctors and nurses We thank you for our hospitals and all those first responders. We thank you for all those who care for us, oh God, our police and our firefighters and our paramedics, all those who care for others as their vocation, as their calling from you. And so we pray that you would protect and sustain us, oh God, until we can finally move past all of this. We think, in particular on this day of all the teachers and all those students who will be going back into the classroom this week and this month. Many for the first time in such a long time. And so we pray for those children especially. All those small lives, all those tiny hearts, all those growing minds. We pray for them especially, oh God. We think about all those who have been so vulnerable to falling behind anyway. And so we pray that you would enable them, O God, through their teachers and through their parents, Lord, help them to recover, to catch up and to learn and to learn and to learn again and again. Lord, we do pray for your powerful mercy as we lift up portions of our world where there is particular heartache, and where there is trouble, But we think about those nations where there is no political stability at all. Lord, sometimes in our self-centeredness, we think that we have it bad here, and we fight, and we fuss with each other, but we have no idea what life is really like in so many places around the world. And so we pray for those places where there is such desperation Political and economic. We pray for those places around the globe where there is real injustice that we can't even imagine here. We pray for your will, O God, your good and righteous will to be exercised on behalf of those who suffer from the sins of others. And on this morning, as we worship, O God, as we lift up all of those places to you, we know that your will is sovereign and that your love is supreme. Lord, we do worship as a community of faith here, and we praise you for the gift of unity that is in this body of Christ that is GPC. We pray that you would give us grace and purpose and give us the strength to follow you and to know you and to do your will here in our community and everywhere that you call us to serve. And we pray that you would hear us now as we lift up our many unique voices into one voice as we say together the prayer that our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. There's a special place in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus says these words to his disciples. He says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down and shaken together, running over will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure that you get back. Because of what God has already given us, we are grateful, and so we respond to all of God's grace through the giving of our tithes and our offerings. Let us do so now. I invite you, if you're worshiping with us online, that there are electronic giving tabs that you can use to give electronically, or you can certainly give here in person as we depart the AC this morning and their offering plates by the door. Thank you for your generosity.
5: Hey, don't end